0: Hello, Real Talk listeners. Welcome back. We are starting a new series, and this one is Mission, Vision, and Values. Our podcast for this month is really a spin-off of our previous Shut the Culture Up podcast. Obviously, a lot has been going on with COVID and We weren't able to host our conferences, our live conferences this year, and we do have uh, a little bit more information on that, which we'll actually share with you in upcoming podcasts for this series. But obviously, we have a lot going on in companies right now, and we found that this is a huge huge, huge priority that companies need to, businesses need to identify within their organization and trying to identify even if the current mission and vision and values that they have are still the right ones that they want to focus on in these new times, right,
1: Michelle? You're spot on. You know, one of a couple things happens or I've seen happen. Um, One, companies get it right. And you heard us use, a few examples in, I think it was in our July series, um, where we shared some good examples of companies that get it right. They understood their customers, they understood their employees, and they sort of built the who they are around those things, right? And people could really buy into it. So that's one thing, people get it right. Unfortunately, it's not the biggest of the groups. Um, One of the biggest groups is often people who, Have those things, but they're not necessarily, like you said, relevant, right? They're not relevant today. They're not relevant to the changes in their business. Or maybe they're written so um, definitively that they just don't grow with time or grow with people. It is a completely uh, different world than it was just 30 years ago. You know, my uncle. My uncle laughs at me because um, I I changed jobs a couple of times. I've actually only had four jobs in my professional career, which really isn't a lot. But for him, it is. It it took me hours to get him to understand that you don't retire, get a pension and a gold watch anymore, right? But these companies have these visions or these missions or strategies that are just so built in a strong concrete foundation and they don't change. If you're not revisiting, I would say your mission and probably your strategy on a regular basis, then you, you've you got some serious mistakes. If you, if you don't have great insight, you may not have a great vision statement either. If you're not somebody who is entrepreneurial, who really looks into the future, you might have really addressed the wrong vision when you created it. But again, the biggest group of people are people who just don't get it or don't have it at all. Maria, let's think back to when we started this business. How many weeks did we talk about who we were before we settled? And you know what? We might change it next year, but it was weeks.
0: We did. You know, it was interesting because we started and we had discussions and we literally wanted to make sure we identified who we were. And then we went back again and recreated a new identity for ourselves because for us, we had to target ourselves in many different aspects. Who do we want our customers to be? Did that matter? Did it not? Were we wanting to be raw and candid or did we want to be very polished and professional? There were a lot of different concepts we had to think through before we could even start with our mission, vision, and value. But we we needed to also identify what we did actually value and consolidate it as one team and one business.
1: It's funny because like you said, as we were writing it, we would, even the words would dance between this super polished four to 500 company kind of language. And then we'd be like, that's not even who we are. What are we doing? And then we'd try to bring it back a little bit and then it felt too casual. And so it, it was finding the happy medium, right? The someplace in between that really fit who we were. And a lot of people don't really think about it. And I'm actually, I'm also going to flashback to you We have a reoccurring guest that's sometimes on the podcast, Nicole. Um, for our regular listeners, you guys absolutely know who I'm talking about. And one of the things that she told us from the very beginning, and it was a completely separate series, it was we were asking her, how do you survive in times like this, where like with COVID-19, where nobody knows what's happening. And one of the things that she said was you have to be clear who you are and have enough vision to be flexible to change. And so it was something that she knew from the very beginning. If her business was going to be successful, she had to define what was important, but she had to recognize the flexibility of change within that. So what if you get the opposite of Nicole, right? What if you get someone who is like, that stuff's a bit fluffy and it's ridiculous. People come to work because they get paid. So Disney's vision statement is to make people happy, right? People don't come to work because of a great vision statement. They come to work to get a paycheck. How do you deal with those kinds of people?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? How do you work for an organization when people don't believe, you know, those values are the priority or that's important? Like, I don't know how we can actually, I do know, but I don't know how people can kind of move towards. a organization if they don't have something that they're actually working towards or believing in. And it's interesting because as much as there are individuals who don't do their research or, you know, investigating of the company website and the careers page before they actually get hired on. And some people, leaders and managers actually do end up still hiring them without asking them foundational questions as to why they want to work for that organization. But you know, those individuals tend to be a challenge, right? How do you have someone who is working for an organization that's not necessarily bought into those priorities or not bought into the culture? Or how do you have a just a company in general? Or how do you personally work for an organization when your, you know, boss or something doesn't believe that the company values are a priority? I think all of that is completely challenging and it misleads people into different directions because some who have maybe transitioned over into like that leader's department may have had another leader that, you know, kind of led those values. And so they just came over and they're kind of just doing their thing and, and still leading through it. It's the new hires that are also going to have a challenge. And that's just looking at it from a, a leadership perspective, it's, I mean, you might have peers or, or anything. I mean, Michelle, what are your thoughts on this, this question, this topic of discussion?
1: So I had a situation happen a bit ago. It's been a while, but um, someone told me that they didn't have a job description for a position that was being hired for. And I just, I could, exactly. So guys, we, we stay on cam, camera so we can see each other during these podcasts. And Maria just made the face I made when they were like, I don't have a job description. And I was like, I don't even know what words to form. Like, how do you even talk to someone about the job if you can't tell them what the job is? And so for me, for me, maybe not for everybody in the world, but for me, that definition of who you are is as important as your job description. In fact, for me, the definition of who you are is more important. And I've learned that the hard way throughout my career. There are five um, practices of exemplary leadership. And the very first one by Kuzes and Posner, the very first one is called Model the Way. And when you ask people what Model the Way means, they always say it means do the right thing. But when you dig into their work, What they actually say is, you have to know what you stand for, then you have to learn what the company stands for, and you have to ask yourself the following question, can I stand for what they stand for? Like, Can I stand up and say, yep, I can lead in a place like that because I'm aligned with who they say they are, right? And so for me, who you are is more important than what you're going to ask me to do because At this point in my life, I've done everything from clean, disgusting bathrooms because you don't ask others to do what you're not willing to do yourself, right? To sitting back and watching someone else or delegating to someone else and just following up to make sure it gets done. So at this point, whatever, you're going to ask me to do stuff and I'm going to do it. That's fine. But who you are, that's big. That's big. I don't even know how you know you're looking for the right people to be a part of your business when you can't even clearly articulate who the F you are. Like, who are you? Now, I will tell you this, and Maria, you, me, and a friend of ours, Michael, we have these ridiculous conversations all the time. They get very deep. They get very theoretical, um, and we have fun in those conversations because it's stuff we studied for a while. I do get that it's a little bit confusing because if you think about it, I can remember when people were just like, you need a vision, vision and a mission. And now I would tell you, you need a purpose statement. You need a vision, you need a mission, you need core values or guiding principles, call them what you want to, same thing. And you need a company strategy. And so, a lot of times, what will happen is people pause because they're like, What the hell? Like, what even is the difference between all of it? But the thing is, all of those things help your employees make decisions that would be aligned with who you are as an employer. That's why you need them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. If you think about that. So, most recently, Starbucks posted uh, an article and announced globally that uh, they are going to uh, have their executives' goal um, be diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that their executives will have some sort of compensation or bonus tied to their, you know, their salaries are going to be tied in some one way or another to help them increase and elevate their diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, Starbucks has made it a point That one of their key values in their organization is inclusivity, right? Diversity, inclusivity of thought, of mind, of body, of soul, of everything, right? Of race. Right. But they found that to be important. Now, have they changed things and evolved? Absolutely. Starbucks has come a long way. They've changed a lot of their perspectives. Even during pandemic times, you'll find tons of websites, including theirs, that have added diversity, equity, and inclusion as a read more segment on their careers page because they want you to know how they're incorporating it into their organization. So I think that it's a critical component for you to evaluate and then reevaluate and then set your business priorities. So Starbucks is saying, okay, we reevaluated what our value proposition is to our team members and what we value as an organization. We've posted it. On our career site so everyone can see it, that we eat, breathe, and sleep it. We've had meetings with our internal team members about everything since you know George Floyd transpired. And now our business priorities for 2021 or moving forward into the next next fiscal year, whatever they have, is going to be diversity, equity, inclusive, inclusivity incorporated into each and every leader's day-to-day. And again, it starts from top down. They didn't say every person or they didn't say team members. They started off with their leadership team.
1: Absolutely. That's ultimately where you you have to start. So I believe that there are places absolutely where all employees have to be involved. You have to hear the voice of your employees, right? But at the end of the day, there is a group of leaders, call them different things in different organizations, executive team, senior leadership team, C-suite, it's my favorite. But whoever it is, there is a group of people who ultimately the buck stops with them, starts with them and it stops with them. So they're the ones that have the biggest picture of the entire organization, of the customer, of the product or service, as well as the future, the financing, the funds. They've got that whole bigger picture view. As a result of that, they have to define what good looks like. What do we look like? And you know what? Maybe you define it and people don't want to work for you anymore. (laughs) That's okay. If someone isn't willing to move in the same direction that you need them to, to be successful, then they're not the right person. Doesn't make them a bad person, just makes them not the right person for your business. But by defining it, you can clearly pick who is the right person.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because on the flip side, Michelle, there was a CEO of like a Detroit popcorn company forgot the name. I think that's even that could potentially even be the name of the company, but he was an all lives matter individual and he came out and was very vocal. He's lost a lot of customers and some team members who work for him. But if you are somebody or a customer or a team member that wants, you know, that values that proposition, then those are the ones that are going to stick around. Your mission, your vision, and your value within your organization and your business priorities aren't going to be favorable to everybody. It's just a matter of how you're going to execute on those and have them be able to successfully execute on those um, priorities and um, be successful. Because someone who's not going to be bought in isn't going to be successful in your organization on you know moving forward with some of those priorities.
1: Yep, you're going to have to push them, and that's it's a struggle. It's a struggle that you don't need, but It really does all go back to you You want people that are going to thrive. You want people that are going to be successful. You want people that are going to be aligned with the bigger picture. It means you got to define the bigger picture. So let's, let's actually talk about them a little bit. For those of you that are like, stop. There's too many and it's ridiculous. Let's start with purpose. Purpose is probably my favorite one. And it's probably one that's only been talked about a lot, maybe. 10 years, maybe 10 years, It's it started dropping everywhere in organizations, but your purpose statement, it is a bold affirmation. It should be big. It should be so big. Honestly, it should be so big. You probably recognize that it's impossible to actually happen. Like Disney's make every person happy. Every person is not going to be happy. The, um, Parents walking around Disneyland or Disney World with stinky fingers, carrying all the stilly little things, spending all of their money, they're probably happy when the kid's smiling, right? But then when they buy another hot dog for $25, suddenly they're not happy anymore, right? So it should be so big that probably is even possible. Like for us, Maria, our goal is to completely, shake up everything that is HR. That's never going to happen. There are too many businesses in the world that are stuck in their way. We are never going to change every business's mind about what HR can bring to the table. But fuck if we aren't going to try. That's the purpose statement.
0: Michelle, you're right. I think it's really critical for you to think big because you want it to be, you want people to work twice as hard in your organization to make that statement possible, right? They have to believe it. They have to want it. They have to be driven, right? And, you know, people are probably thinking on this podcast, you're crazy. You are crazy. Disney is crazy to make every person happy. Yes, I go buy that $25 hot dog and I'm pissed off. Why don't they just lower their prices and I'll be happy? (laughs) Seriously. But if you look at it on the flip side, you have athletes who want to get into the Olympics, right? And they literally, that's their purpose in life. This is what they do. They go so that they can be number one, get a gold medal, like each and every time they need to win. Is it going to happen? Maybe, maybe not, right? Like you have some of the most phenomenal athletes in the world and they're not always gonna get gold medals. They may go to the Olympics, but they may come in bronze or silver or they may not place at all. So there are so many more people that can advance at that but your goal is to, how do we take that a step further?
1: I think you nailed it when you said try harder. So when your purpose is so big, you just keep trying harder, right? And at least if we're trying harder because we believe in something, we're gonna get a whole hell of a lot further than other people do Mm -hmm. who don't have it. Now, I wanna pause here again for just a second And if you really want to reach all generations that are currently in the workforce, especially coming off of a year where most of the world was isolated in their individual homes and we are completely confused and overwhelmed and scared, your purpose cannot be about the millions of dollars you want your business to make. Um, So you could be like, your purpose statement, you could write something really big and be like, I would like to be a richer, then who's the richest person right now? Is it Musk?
0: Is it Jeff Bezos?
1: Jeff Bezos? Oh yeah, he's got, it's gotta be right. Like I'm gonna be richer than Jeff Bezos. That can totally be your goal, but guess what? Now your employees give a fuck how rich you wanna be, right? It's gotta be something that is big that they can buy into. Diversity, equity, inclusion, that's a big one. It's a big one that I guarantee in most companies, people could buy into, right? Making people happy, people can buy into that. Solving people's problems, people will buy into that. Contributing to a higher purpose. This really should be something that speaks to all levels of your employees, not the stock market.
0: No, nobody wants to know. However, I will say, I'm gonna be controversial here. Every employee is thinking that that the only real purpose in any company is for people to make money.
1: And that's exactly why that stuff belongs in your mission statement.
0: Yeah. But then your mission statement just gets posted on a career website and never gets spoken about again.
1: I know. See, it's a sucky world. Listen, here's, we've said it time and time again, we wouldn't have our own business if we didn't want to make money. Like, If we couldn't make money at it, we wouldn't have our own business because we sort of have to pay bills.
0: If everything was free in the world, I wouldn't care about money.
1: I wouldn't either, but everything in the world is not free. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate. Including my mortgage (laughs) and my really weird things like cell phone photo light rings (laughs) so you look good on Zoom. That stuff is not free. No,
0: but I mean, I, you and I honestly created and generated this organization or this uh, the, our business because we wanted to make impact in the world, you know, even if it seems more of like a philanthropic opportunity or whatever. We worked for so many companies where employees were not treated very well or HR was not very viewed in a very well way, or we had so many great ideas and solutions that we wanted to bring things to their training, you know, department. We have so many different reasons for what we're doing and what we're getting into. But I think, yes, at the end of the day,
1: money money's the side effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Sad story. It is.
1: So vision. Your vision should be a vi- it should be a really vivid message that is captured in writing, it paints a picture of where you wanna take your business. It should be fairly descriptive. It should help people understand where you wanna go. One of my favorite exercises, and I never failed, it never failed when I was walking people through creating a vision. This is really hard, especially for left brain people. It's hard to get you to go to a place of description. And one of the things that I always used to tell people is I could say four words and transport people emotionally to a different place. Now I'm gonna steal those four words from someone else. They're not my four words. But with these four words, you will be emotionally transported to a different place. And and the, the images will just happen automatically based on your experience with these four words. And it is, um, I have a dream. You can say that to any single person in America, and it will evoke some sort of vivid reaction, whether they lived through the 60s, whether they were there and heard from Martin Luther King Jr. directly, whether they were part of those protests, whether you're part of protests that are happening still today, 50 years later. I'm trying to do the math in my head. If I'm off, don't send me nasty grams. But those four words paint a picture for people, right? If you can't pause long enough to think that way, bring someone in and let them help you craft the message. Because there are two pieces that are critical when it comes to a vision. One, people have to, with just words, People have to see and feel that place. They have to be able to smell it. They have to almost be able to reach out and touch this imaginary place, right? But the second thing is your vision has to paint your employees as a part of that journey. So they have to understand that they can help you get to that dream place, not that they're just watching you get there.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, um, Michelle, a lot of people, when they are creating their mission and vision, and when I'm looking on people's websites, they actually get them backwards or confused. Why is that?
1: You know what? That's really hard because I'm going to tell you, I go to the literal word vision when I think about it, right, or mission. So for me, the word mission, I think... I think there's stupid um, Hollywood blockbusters like Mission Impossible. And a mission was always a way that you completed an assignment, right? You have a mission to go rescue this person or whatever it happens to be. And vision, when you hear the word vision, you think through something that you imagine or something that you see. I have a vision of. And that's a great way to keep them separate. Your vision is imaginary. Hopefully not for long, but it is imaginary. Your mission is a message that defines the things that are happening in your business that will get you to the vision. So for example, if you said that you wanted to move 50% of your vision was to move your business online, that's not super creative, but let's say your vision was to move to a completely virtual buying Environment. So that's your vision. Your mission is that you're going to hire a new leader in your e commerce department. You're going to hire someone with great marketing experience. So you probably wouldn't put all of that in your mission. You'd probably put focusing on talent that will take us to the future. That would be that action step. So just like Tom Cruise, step one was he had to fly to Europe, to save whoever he was saving, your step one is to hire the right talent that can build your e-commerce platform, right? And so think about it that way. Vision, it is, if you've ever watched, I get most of my crap from movies, just so you know, I'm very boring. <laughs> but if you've ever watched TV or movies, people always say stuff like, I had a vision. And it's they're usually saying like they had a premonition or a dream or something in their head. That's your vision. It's not real yet. Mission, think Mission Impossible. If you've never watched Mission Impossible, I'm not suggesting you go out and buy it. I don't even know that it has really good acting because I've never seen it. But it is the steps that you will take to get to the vision.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because vision comes, you know, with with vision, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, I have a vision, I have a, you know, some sort of dream or, uh, you know, being a visionary trying to think through, it's not real yet. But it's interesting because what happens when it is real, then is it still a vision that's posted on your website? Or do you essentially... Create a new uh, vision for the organization, right? Are you really taking your vision to the next level? And that's what I was talking about right at the beginning of this is, are you continuously looking at how you assess your mission and you assess your your vision and your values? Are you taking a look at that and establishing whether or not you need to modify or update your vision um, because it's already become real? So, is it a vision anymore, Michelle?
1: I would say, heck no. Reimagine yourself. Dude, if you have hit the finish line, unless you're ready to retire, time to come up with a new vision and find a new finish line, right? Your purpose, you probably. I'm going to lay it out there and be honest again. You're never going to get there. Calm down. It's all right. But your vision, you should be able to achieve your vision at some point. Yeah. Now, another one that I have seen a lot of companies, I wouldn't say misuse, but not understand the importance of, and it's um, company values or core values. They could also be called guiding principles. Pick your word. I choose the word values because I relate most things in work to life. And so using me as an example, I'm super weird. My family, we have a series of family values. Um, They're written on paper. They hang up in our house. These are the things that we aspire to do when we make actions. For real talent, we have a series of values. These are values that we all agreed upon that would help us make choices, right? And then in different companies that I've worked for, there have been values. Here's the way I look at values. Not every single thing that could possibly happen in your daily activities at work is defined. There is not a process that tells you the right and or wrong answer Every single choice you're going to have to make throughout the day. I mean, if you think thought work versus hands on work, how you're going to react. If you think retail, how you're going to respond to a customer. The idea of how you're going to respond may be communicated by saying we'll make all of our customers happy, but the actual reaction and the words that you choose is still up to you. Okay. So, how do you attempt? to get multiple people to react in very similar ways. You make sure that we all live by the same set of values. That's how you do it. So when I'm at work and I am in the midst of ambiguity because something is not clearly defined, I can pause and I can say, if I do this, does that feel right? If I do this, does that feel right? So the Wendy's company, which I have worked for in my career, they have a series of values that Dave Thomas created when he founded Wendy's and they have not changed since he created them. The values decide how we make our choices and those values, I'm going to give you just a couple of them, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Now, they went in and we've elaborated on that or they've elaborated on that a little bit to tell you what that means. Treat people with respect. So yelling at a customer, not so respectful. Being snippy in an email, not so respectful. So I shouldn't do that thing. They also have one. So where you were talking about what we were saying earlier, that money is the point of business. Mm -hmm. They have a value that says business means growth. And growth isn't bad, right? Growth, green, extra money, getting more customers, getting more business, getting a higher transaction every time somebody comes through by offering to upsize it or sell them a Frosty, not a bad thing. Money is good. That's why people have a business. And they put it right there in their values. So they put quality is critical. Treating people with respect is critical. Give back to your community is critical. Make money is critical. And that gives me the chance as an employee when I'm not sure to be able to say, I did this because I think it's aligned with our values.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think you have a good point there. Values shouldn't change. And it's interesting because a lot of websites um, will use their values as part of their like that is their handbook. That's how they established uh, code of conduct with their employees or ethics or whatever it may be. This is how we work all day. And this is our expectations of each and every one of
1: us. And it should be. And also something that I picked up from larger organizations like Wendy's or FedEx that I've worked with or worked for in the past. It's also one of the biggest reasons it ties back to you getting feedback too. Every single time we teach someone to give feedback, We teach them to tie it back to that handbook, to the policy, but then to the bigger set of whether it's um, your core values or um, code of conduct, right? To tie it back to that bigger, here's how we behave as employees of this organization. And it's possible to do it every single time with every single thing. Someone steals with you, tie it back to those values someone treats someone disrespectfully, tie it back to those values. Someone goes above and beyond, tie it back to those values every time.
0: So it's interesting. Do you expect employees to memorize these
1: values? So in every company that I have worked for, I have memorized them, but only because I was part of teaching them to others. I don't think I would have memorized them if I didn't. However, I do think that everybody should be able to explain the basic idea behind them. So I actually remember at FedEx when we rolled out and up, because your mission's going to change too. If your vision changes, your mission changes. If the world changes, the way you're going to get to your vision might change and therefore your mission's going to change, right? So I think in the time that I worked, with um, FedEx office, we probably changed our mission statement three times, and so the last time because we were teaching leadership classes, I was like, okay, so tell me basically what this is saying. We want to increase our footprint so that there's more access. So having better access is how we get to our vision, and so that was what I tend to do: is I tend to chunk in major things and remember those things versus remembering all of the words. That's fair. I think they should be posted in every place possible. I think they should be in your handbook. I think they should be in all of your training material. I think they should be on the wall, the communication board. I think they should lead everything. They should be a part of your team meetings. They should be a part of how you recognize people. And so even going back to the fact that I had to look up Wendy's just now, I could have told you the idea of those but I couldn't have told you the words without looking it up. But what I could have told you is respect was a big one and giving back was a big one for Dave Thomas and making money um, was a big one for him as well. Couldn't tell you all the details of them. It's okay as long as they get the idea. Who cares if people memorize some words?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I know, yeah, some companies are a little bit quirky about that, but some companies keep it so simple that, that's their whole point. It's like, it's two words. So they like literally make it so simple for people to memorize.
1: If you make it simple, go ahead and ask people to memorize it. I think that your purpose statement should absolutely be so simple. It's been a long time since I worked at FedEx office, and I still know what their purpose statement is. Even today, we connect people to possibilities around the world. <laughs> um because it was so simple and we were able to tie it to actual actions and so i think it's fair to say your purpose statement and your values probably something that people should really know
0: so michelle it's interesting so we just kind of gave a foundation and a highlight of the foundational pieces that you need to establish how is this important to culture
1: first i'm going to say this and i will say this until the end of time Your company has a culture. The question is, were you part of designing that culture or was the loudest person in the building the one that decided what the culture was? I promise you, you have a culture, right? Do you have your culture? And that's where this starts. How can you even begin to put parameters around how people are gonna behave at work? Because really, if you think about culture, Culture is decided based on a collective of how people interact and act within groups, right? So it's, even if you use the word not from an organizational perspective, but from a bigger world perspective, different cultures have different practices. I think food's probably common in all of them, um, but how you celebrate food in all of them is a little bit different, right? So it's the actions or the attitudes. It's the things that are happening within a group of people. Okay. Okay. Now that we're all in agreement on that. (laughs) Yeah. How can you even begin to tell people how to behave if you haven't told them who you are? How unfair is that? You're not going to tell us who we're supposed to be as a company, but then you're going to come in all nasty because you don't like our culture. Well, we figured out our culture while you weren't paying attention. That's on you, not on your employees. And that's where the two connect. Now, if we want to take the idea of culture to a bigger perspective, um, Maria, you and I, we, you love to work. This is one of those places where um, we have slightly different points of view, right? I only work because I have a bill to pay only. And if I didn't have a bill to pay, I probably would not work. Probably, right? You love wrapping yourself into a problem or a challenge or a theory or something to solve. But what we both agree on is while while you might get a job because you need to pay bills, you want to be happy at the place you're working to pay those bills. And the only way to ensure that your employees. Are going to be fulfilled is if you have some control over the actions that take place in your business.
0: For sure, you need to have control over the narrative and what's happening in in real time. Yeah, but you know, I and we've said this in the shut the culture up series. I'm so tired of talking about culture.
1: Me too. It's because we complicate the fuck out of it. Complicate the frick out of it. <laughs> Just trying to find a nicer word.
0: We do. And we talked about this, you know, in our previous series. And we just continue to talk about it because we constantly are battling this issue in organizations. And it is just something that is way too simple, but also complex, all in the same combo.
1: And it's just... Yeah, it's it's probably one of those things where it's, it's fair to say it's ridiculously simple, but requires a lot of work to make happen. Yeah. Or at least a lot of attention.
0: Totally. It requires some work. And every company is tackling this from a different angle and they're just overcomplicating it.
1: So a good idea, guys, and you'll learn more about this in upcoming podcasts, is um, to reach out to us. We are big fans of one thing for sure, simplifying shit that should not be hard and we have found a way to truly address what culture is in a thoughtful manner it does start with a little heavy lifting on the leaders part in your organization but then after that guess what we just move forward and then we're really clear about who we are so um reach out to us or stay tuned Coming early next year, uh, there will be a virtual conference where we will walk you through a six step process to define your culture and finally stop talking about it.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: Either. <laughs> Chase and guys, even if there's only 10 of you, you need to define who you're going to be if you have any intentions of growing beyond 10. So even if you're really small right now listening to us and you're listening for advice, if you have any intentions of growing, you've got to get this piece down. Otherwise, what you're going to end up is a company of 2,000 where they're all behaving the way they want to instead of the way you want them to.
0: So stay tuned, listeners. Until next time, take care. Bye. Bye, guys.